Brockman, welcome to Denver Decides. Denver Decides is a community partnership dedicated to accessible and transparent elections. This partnership includes the Interneighborhood Cooperation, the League of Women Voters of Denver, Historic Denver, and is presented by Denver 8 TV. Today we are conducting a runoff candidate forum for the Office of Clerk and Recorder in Denver. Going into the May 7th municipal election, three candidates were on the ballot vying to be Denver's next clerk and recorder. None of the three were able to garner a clear majority of the votes cast, so a runoff election will be held on Tuesday, June 4th. Now the top two vote getters will face off one more time and they are here with us this evening. On my right is Paul Lopez and on my left is Peg Pearl. Welcome guys. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. Thank you. All right, we will begin with opening statement. Each candidate is going uh, to get 90 seconds, and we're going to go in the order that the candidates will appear on the ballot for June 4th. So we're going to begin with an opening statement from Paul. Thank you, and thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Denver 8, and thank you, uh, League of Women Voters, for having us, for, for sponsoring this. I'm Councilman Paul Lopez. I have represented the Council District uh, Council District 3 in the West Side for the last 12 years, honored to serve the city. Um, I am uh, honored to run for uh, clerk and recorder, and I'm honored to run because there's three main focuses that I want to concentrate on. Um, one, I want to make sure that we're protecting our right to vote, that no matter what your zip code is, no matter where you live, that you have access to that ballot. Two, I want to make sure that we're expanding and increasing our voter turnout. We need to be making sure that we're reaching every single corner of the city so that everybody has an opportunity to vote. Um, second is our homes. Our the foreclosure processes. As the public trustee, we play uh, the role of the referee to make sure that those that those hearings, that people have opportunities, a fair chance to, to make sure that they are able to keep their home. Um, I want to arm people with the information necessary so that they can uh, stay in their homes and not have to leave their homes in the foreclosure process, that they understand that process moving forward. Um, the, the, the third thing is I want to make sure that we all have access to our city records, and that means online access, and that's all all of our records, uh, whether they're marriage licenses, whether they're public documents, your property deeds, uh, or um, even public contracts. I want to make sure that our contracts are online. And with that, um, I'm just I'm honored to be here today. I'm honored to continue. Uh, would love to continue my service to the city and county of Denver. Thank you, thank Paul. You. Now an opening statement from Peg. Thank you, and thank you to all our sponsors um, for tonight's. And to all the voters out there who voted in May, and those of you who are thinking about voting now in the runoff election. My name's Peg Pearl. I'm running for Denver clerk because I've spent my entire career working to make government more open and accountable to everyone, not just people who are already well connected. I've done this by focusing as a public rights um, and public interest attorney in specifically the areas that our clerk's office works in. So in voting rights, access to public records, government ethics, and campaign finance reform. I've really dug into this work as my life's work because I know it matters. Who has access to government and who can speak in government affects the substance of government's decisions. 
I've also been a mom trying to juggle a toddler while waiting to vote for three hours in a presidential election and seeing people leave because they were too afraid to be late to work. I've also been an unemployed Denverite here, unable to find the information I need from my county and state on government websites and in offices, looking around at the waiting room next to me, knowing folks who aren't government attorneys who must have an even harder time finding that information. So that's why I've really focused my policy career on making access to information better and our voting system more accessible to everyone. And I'm happy to talk more details with you all tonight about how the clerk's office is the place we can improve that work. Thank you. Thank you, candidates. Now the first of our submitted questions for the candidates, and each candidate will have one minute to answer, and we're gonna begin in reverse order from the opening statement, so we're gonna start with Peg. Here's the question. Do you believe that the clerk and recorder's office should actively enforce city ordinances regarding campaign contributions, lobbyist regulations, and disclosures of gifts to city elected officials and employers? How would you change the current enforcement? Thank you for the question. So our clerk's office is actually an independent elected office, um, separate from the mayor and city council, precisely because it is a regulatory administrative agency that has some enforcement authority over those other offices. So for campaign finance, for example, it is the office that's supposed to give guidance and enforce those rules, and recently has gotten more authority that I helped change the ordinance to get more authority for fines for late filings for example. Um, same thing with the reports that are filed, the government ethics role that our clerk has. Um, they also need to have a little more authority to, for late filings and for incomplete filings. I've done this work at the Federal Election Commission, an administrative agency that enforces and regulates campaign finance, as well as in the House, uh, the U.S. House of Representatives Ethics Committee doing these types of ethics filings. And I do think it's the responsibility of the clerk's office to do that same work for our city. Thank you. Paul, you have one minute for your answer to the same question. Yeah. Well, the short answer is yes. And this work is, the good thing is that this work is already, uh, has already been done. And that's thanks to uh, Deb Johnson, to the employees of the clerk's office, to Amber McReynolds, and to Councilman Flynn, who I worked with on, on, on the council and continue to work with, actually sponsored that ordinance, work with it. And uh, it actually came in front of my, uh, in, in front of my desk in the council chambers, and I voted to, uh, I voted to support it. It's important that we have transparency. It's important that gifts are reported, but it's also important to recognize that the system that we have for our uh, campaign finance reports is kind of outdated. So that's something that I, uh, I want to fix uh, in the clerk's office. Now we're going to have to make sure that the, it, it's software that is uh, compatible and it's easy to use. That way there's no excuses and that way there's no issues. Um, at the end of the day, uh, yes, it's important that we do that. It's important that we, that we level the playing field and have accountability from all our other departments, especially with the elected officials. All right, Peg. On to the next question. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. This time we're going to start with Paul. Mm -hmm. All right. Do you feel the need for any real reform in our election process? If so, what constitutes that reform? Well, 
Denver is one of the best place to vote in the country, and that's not by accident. Starting with Stephanie O'Malley, the voters that actually made this position an independent elected uh, position. Um, the clerk oversees the elections process and oversees the new, what we would do is, is hire the new um, elections director, which is now vacant at this point. Amber McReynolds did a great job in being that, uh, that director. Uh, Stephanie O'Malley, uh, Deborah Johnson as our clerk have modernized. They've modernized our system, and our, our Denver system is a model for the rest of the country. However, we can do a little better, and that, may, that means that we can actually go out, do more outreach, go to where the people are, make sure that we're expanding access to the vote, putting drop boxes in places where we're missing drop boxes, and making sure that we're communicating, communicating with folks in every single council district and every single precinct in this city. We want everybody to participate. Thank you, Peg. Same question. Great. Um, I've been spending basically the whole time that I've been here in Denver working on the elections process, both in Denver and statewide. And we have created a great system, taking some of the things pioneered in Denver and building them into state law, your mail ballots and the drop boxes and vote centers, uh, making sure the registration is also an important part of the election system and that you can update your registration and register up till election day. Um, that toddler I talked about who was in line with me. She's now 16, and I'm happy to have been part of the lawyers who helped write the laws in 2013 and beyond to now let her pre-register to vote as a 16-year-old, so she'll be getting a ballot as soon as she turns 18. So I think we do need to build on these strong foundations that we've created across the state and take it to the next level by just making sure we're increasing the ability to increase our, our to update registrations more and have more community input into where our vote centers lie and look at the changing voting and computing patterns of our populace now with our new system. All right, thank you. Now we have our third question for the candidates, and we are gonna begin with Peg on this one. What is an acceptable form of identification for voters and for those wanting to vote in Denver? And do you anticipate a change in the policy? I'll answer it in reverse order. First of all, I don't anticipate um, much of a change in policy um, at all. The current uh, list of acceptable IDs to vote in Denver is actually a statewide list. It's part of our state law. You can find the whole list on the Secretary of State's website, um, but it involves everything from a driver's license to some other types of ID, um, maybe a government-issued um, identification, like a military um, identification. It also includes things like a utility bill. Um, so there's a whole list of things. And that's important because we want to make sure that the voting process is secure and that we have proper registration and access to the voting booth, but also um, that it is not a barrier to entry for anyone who is, needs to come and vote. And so I think we have a good, a good balance in our law here in Colorado, and that also applies here in Denver. All right, Paul, same question. I mean, part of it is, is, is making sure that folks uh, are not afraid to come to the polls, right? And I think uh, making, it, making access easier for folks to be able to vote uh, makes, means that we have to make sure that we are broad. That, that we want to widen uh, folks' folks's ability to come, cast their ballot, vote, and know that it's going to get counted. Uh, I'm against voter ID laws. I think uh, a lot of the voter ID laws that have been uh, proposed by uh, by folks, especially at the at the previous sec Secretary of State's office, have uh, had had a 
an intent on a, to create a chilling effect, to actually scare people from the polls, uh, that's not what we should be doing. Um, we should maybe be making sure that people uh, want to come to vote. And uh, when, when you look at the, the, the verifiable form of IDs, our, our list is broad. Um, on, at the state, it's broad. With, uh, with, our, uh, with our elections division, it's broad. And it should stay that way. Uh, we, wanna be, we, wanna, don't, we don't want to scare people away from the polls. We want folks to come. Democracy works when everybody participates. And uh, with that, that's, that's my answer. All right. That brings us to the final round of submitted questions for the clerk and recorder candidates. This time, we are going to begin with Paul. Mm -hmm. Which form of voting do you think best serves the needs of Denver voters? Precinct polling places, vote centers, or mail-in ballots, and why? All the above. Mail-in ballots are convenient, because all you got to do is put a couple stamps on it and send it back. Um, making sure that we have voting centers that people can walk, if they want to walk into and, and cast a ballot in person, that they are able to do that. We have to expand that. We have to make sure that, uh, that that's equitable across the city so folks have the uh, ability to go in and do that or if they need assistance in voting. Um, the other thing is making sure that we're increasing the number of drop boxes. Uh, we need to actually increase the, the number of drop, bo drop boxes and expand in a lot of areas of the city where they are missing. Um, and, and with that, I think, um, you know, that, that's why Denver's a leader in, in, in terms of getting, making sure that uh, it's an easy place to vote. I want to expand on that. I want to increase those drop boxes. So it's all of the above, all of the above. And Peg, you have one minute for your answer to the same question. Thank you. I think that the best system is what basically we started here in Colorado, is the Colorado model with uh, mail ballots and vote centers as a combination. Not necessarily local precinct polling places, which was one of the options there. So I wouldn't say all of the above, but I'd say vote centers plus mail ballots. Um, because it does give the combination option um, for folks to do the mail ballot or to come to the vote centers for other services as well. Uh, my dog, when she was a puppy, she chewed on my mail ballot. I couldn't <laughs> use it. I had to go to a vote center and get a new one. Uh, you might spill coffee or other beverages on your ballot and get a new one. So those vote centers are important. And you know, I've been working on this, like I said, since we passed it here in 2013. I'm a national expert. I testify or I, I talk at conferences across the country to tell other states about this model. It actually saves money plus increases the vote. We had up to 75% voter turnout last fall here in Denver with this model. We'll just keep building on it each time. All right, now for one-on-one -on -one questions for the candidates. You're going to be able to ask each other a direct question, and then that candidate will have one minute to respond to the question. So let's begin with Paul. Your question for Peg. Um, thank you. Thank you, Peg. Um, so one of the one of the issues is is is, is an inequity in Denver. Not everybody has access to the ballot. We have a lot of folks who are our elders. We have a lot of folks who are limited in terms of speaking English. We have a lot of new Americans across our city uh, that are living in areas that actually don't have access. Uh, Peg, how would you go about in, um, in addressing those issues and making sure that they're turning out? 
Thanks for the question, Paul. So I do think that's one of the reasons why our current system is um, working the way it is and is continuing to increase turnout each time. Um, I have a friend of mine whose 101-year-old grandmother no longer has to miss any election because she gets her mail ballot at home here in Denver and votes it every time. Um, I think that there's a lot of folks um, that we work with through community organizations that are dealing with people as they become citizens and are getting ready to vote the first time um, to connect between the clerk's office and those organizations who are already in the community to make sure that we're giving them the information they need to know what the process is for voting and to also make sure that people are keeping their addresses updated because if the ballot comes to them, that's already taking away the first barrier. So I want to improve the ways we increase our registration updates through places like rec centers and libraries where lots of people across our city are going in and updating their addresses so that we can make sure those ballots get to them more properly. Okay, your time is up for response, but Peg, you have now an opportunity to ask a question of Paul. Great, thank you. Um, Paul, a question for you about uh, public records. So the public records side of the clerk, as you mentioned, um, includes the uh, city contracts and a number of other uh, city records that are um, part of the clerk's office and subject to city ordinance. Um, I know that you're speaking about getting a lot of those now online or more transparency. And I wonder if you could say what types of things you've done during the time that you're on council um, to move those um, into more uh, transparent access, like city contracts and things that were um, mm -hmm. under the authority of city council. Thank you, Peg. I appreciate the question. Look, this is where my experience as a city councilman really uh, uh, helps me out here. Um, as a city councilman, I see contracts, uh, hundreds of them, every single year uh, pass through our desk. We vote, we vote on them up or, up or down. Um, not all the contracts are available for us to see. Uh, a lot of the previous contracts aren't available, aren't available for us to see. This is our tax dollars at work. We should access those contracts. We should be able to see that. If you go onto the clerk's website right now and want to see the, uh, the contract for the ferrovial uh, agreement at the airport, one, uh, you got to call the office. Two, that contract, you got to almost wheelbarrow that thing out. It's huge. Um, I don't have the time to go in. I don't think very many people have the time to go in and uh, copy all those, uh, all those pages of that document. It helps us when we are able to actually access it online. This is something as a councilman, uh, myself and another couple other council members Your have been advocating up, for from day I'm gonna, one. So. I'm going to cut you off I'm there. I'm sorry. Thank That's you. That's okay. We're going to continue with one-on-one -on -one questions for the candidates for Denver clerk and recorder. And Paul, you are yeah. up to ask a question of Peg. Okay. Um, in my previous question, I you know I did, I did talk about um, uh, our, our elders, but I also mentioned uh, our immigrant and refugee populations and new Americans that um, uh, that are being skipped, that that are not being included in a lot of our um, community organizations or processes that exist already. It's great that we have 75% turnout in a presidential election, but and a 44% in a municipal. How are you going to? access those populations? How are you going to outreach to those non-English, limited English-speaking populations where they are at in the community? Peg, you have 30 seconds, or 60 seconds, uh, rather. 
Great. Um, well, first of all, it is partnering with the organizations that are involved in. So people who are new citizens, I've worked in the past, done a lot of voting outreach through Mi okay. Familia Vota and the Drive Project, both of which work through immigrant communities who are becoming new citizens. Also, the Denver Public Library has New Citizens, New American programs, um, and they actually do their programs in over 15 languages. So it's not just about bilingual, it's about multiple languages. And I want to move more of the clerk's office services to at least have a one-page FAQ type sheet in those 15 plus languages instead of just relying on bilingual work. Um, and the 75% turnout was actually last November in a midterm election. So we're actually increasing it across the board and it's up even a little bit every time. And I think that there's also issues in the municipal election. You note the turnout gap, which is huge. And I think it's a bigger issue because it's about having it in May and it's about the structures as well. But I do think that it's going through the communities best to see how we can reach them where yeah, they already your time are. time is up, Peg. Now you can ask a question to Paul. So one of the things that you've talked about is the locations of drop boxes and vote centers in different communities. And each time that the elections come around, the clerk's office puts out a proposed map with locations of vote centers and drop boxes and seeks public comment. Um, this last time for the municipal elections, when I went to the hearing um, to give public comment, I was um, one of the few people there um, at that public comment. So I just wanted to get a sense from you as someone who's been in um, office and also been, as you've mentioned before, in an area of the city that doesn't have as much turnout or feels like you don't have as much access to those services, um, what your experience has been in trying to advocate um, for those locations? I appreciate the question, Peg. Uh, when Stephanie O'Malley uh, was first elected, and this is our, our, our first clerk and recorder uh, to be elected in Denver, uh, one of the things that we did is sit down and went over that map. And that's why Barnum Rec Center is, is, uh, is a vote center. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, we also noted that there was a lot of issues and a lot of gaps. Um, I think it's absolutely critical that as a, as a city councilman, one, anybody, any elected official in the city, uh, demand access and making, making sure that there's access for people um, to the ballot box. And no matter what zip code or neighborhood you're in, part of the issue and part of the gaps are is there's not very many public facilities across the city. Uh, in some areas, there's a lot. In some areas, there aren't very many. And right now, the policy is, well, we're going to be at public facilities. Well, the voting centers work, but the voting centers alone don't work by themselves. That's why I like drop boxes. Because if we were going to put a drop box in Montbello, Your time is I would up, put Paul. one at the ice cream shop. You can ask a question Sorry. now of Peg. Um, so, Peg, I really appreciate the conversations and the, and the questions. Um, I also want to want to come back and talk about civic participation uh, and and outreach. Uh, do you believe it is the role of the clerk and recorder to turn out votes? Do you believe it is the role of the clerk and recorder uh, to uh, create a civic participation program? Your turn. 
Thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you for the question, Paul. Um, I believe that it is the role of the, the clerk and recorder to break down barriers to voting and to encourage civic participation in the city. And I believe that role lives year round, uh, every year, all four years, not just at election time. So one of the things that the current clerk does that I want to expand even more is, you know, they are out there um, at festivals, at uh, the food trucks, at other places in the city year round with voter registration information using the voter mobile uh, location um, and all of that as outreach already. I think it is uh, also a role of information, so getting more education about what the clerk's office does, what city council does, because part of what people don't understand, they won't engage with. Honestly, this time last year, the general what your city government is page of the denvergov.org didn't list the clerk. It listed auditor, city council, and mayor. So there's a lot of education work, and that needs to be done up, all Peg. year round. We have time for another one-on-one -on -one question. Uh, Peg, we'll begin with you if you have another question for Paul. Okay. Um, let's see. We'll just... Um, build on, on that same question there. What do you think um, is the best way that the clerk's office can improve civic engagement or a voting turnout? Thank you, Peg. Um, well, one is making sure that we have ample opportunities to vote, right? Making sure we have voter vo voting centers, drop boxes, mail-in ballots, the information all year round. But I think it's absolutely critical for us to be able to uh, get out into the communities, not just rely on our organizations. Our organizations have been great, but our organizations are, 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 are strained. Um, they play part, they take part in a lot of different elections. Their budgets get tight. It's the role of the clerk and recorder. It should be the role of, of, of Denver government to make sure that elections are fair, to make sure that people know that there's an election coming, and to make sure that we're doing outreach. And if that means that we have to go door to door in some of these communities and create a program so that we're actually making sure that somebody that turned in their ballot without a signature, that a person is actually talking to them and reminding them to sign their ballot, or picking ballots up. Um, making sure that that goes and gets counted. It's absolutely our role. Time is up. We're going to do one more one-on-one -on -one question round. So, Paul, if you have one more question for Peg, now is the time. Yeah. Um, Peg, I, I wanted to continue this conversation. I think this is a great conversation for those of you watching at home. Um, the, the opportunity to outreach, yes, we have 15, we have more than 15 languages that are sp spoken in Denver. Bilingual English and Spanish is still very, very important. Um... Are, would you, what is your take? Are, are, are you, would you be in favor of making people request ballots in their language or in, in delivering those ballots to them or uh, going by the Voting Rights Act as it is written now and making sure that those ballots are bilingual Spanish-English still? Peg, you have 60 seconds. Sure. Well, of course, I, I um, in, in, in favor of following the Federal Voting Rights Act. So right now we are a bilingual uh, city, and we yep. would continue to do that. Uh, the main question about um, 
languages would be, we're getting very close after the next census, it could be that we are very close and trigger a third language. Um, so if you get to places like Los Angeles, where multiple languages are triggered under the Federal Voting Rights Act, you can't fit them all on the same ballot. You would get a book instead of a ballot. So if we trigger the Federal Voting Rights Act threshold with Vietnamese, which is the language that's closest, for example, uh, we might want to consider doing what places like Los Angeles do, um, and instead of having a trilingual ballot, move instead to a system where people have a chance to opt into certain language ballots. But under the current um, system of where we are in terms of bilingual, um, that, that's not an option. That's not something I would pursue. Um, I think it's the information that we give. It's very important out of the clerk's office to continue the bilingual information. And the Accesso Board that I know you worked on getting set up is important. I'd like to expand those Time efforts up, to Peg. other languages. All right, that's the end of our one-on-one -on -one questions. Now we're going to begin closing statements. And we are going to begin with Peg, and this time you have 90 seconds for a closing okay. statement. All right, thank you. I want to thank everybody here today. I want to thank Paul and all of the hosts and everybody uh, who came here in person as well as you watching at home uh, for paying attention to this important office. Um, I do think that the clerk's office is one of the most important offices in city government because it's that foundation of our democracy is participating in local government. And it affects every substantive decision, whether you care about housing or transportation or foods or schools. Everything is affected by who has access to government and whose voice is heard, not just on election day, but every day. I've chosen this as my career path. I've worked at the Federal Election Commission, at the state level, and at the local level. And that's why I want to bring this track record to you as Denver clerk. My history, including writing the laws that basically are enforced and run by the Denver clerk's office, is why I am here today. It's an important job, and I hope to be able to undertake it for you and for my kids who will be voters very soon. And everybody else in Denver, whether you're here now or you're about to move here between now and the next city election, we can build on the strong foundation we have, run secure elections that have access for everyone, have public records that are easy to file and easy to find for everybody across the city, and make sure that marriage licenses and all the other services are accessible to all marginalized communities and anyone else who needs access to our services. That's the way we build a Denver together. Thank you, thank Peg. You. And now a closing statement from Paul. Thank you. Uh, thank you, everybody. Thank you to sponsors for putting this on and Denver Decides, Denver 8. And thank you, Peg, for being a, a wonderful co-candidate, I guess, <laughs> right, uh, in, in the race. You ran a very clean and very respectful campaign, and I really appreciate it. This is how campaigns should be, should be done, right, uh, about the issues. Listen, I want to make sure, number one, that we are increasing our access to the ballot. Um, for me, 44% is not enough. We need more participation. We need to outreach into a lot of areas that as a city councilman I've came across. I've came across. These are areas that don't have the kind of representation that they should. There's a lot of neighborhoods throughout our city that deserve that their voice be heard. And that voice is the strongest when you cast a ballot. And I want to make sure that we are outreaching, that we are going to the, these communities and not just waiting for folks to come to us. Uh, it's absolutely critical that we turn out to vote. It's absolutely critical that we exercise 
exercise that right to vote and protect it at every cost. This is about our democracy. This is the foundation of who we are. Um, I want to make sure that folks, especially what faced with gentrification and this, this booming economy that are being left out, uh, in the, if they're being foreclosed upon, I want to make sure that they have the information they need to ask the right questions so they can actually stay in these neighborhoods that they grew up in and that their children can. I want to make sure that our records, your taxpayer dollars that are spent on these city contracts are absolutely transparent and available. I'm Paul Lopez. I'm running for county clerk and recorder here in Denver, and I ask for your vote on June 4th. That wraps our clerk and recorder runoff forum. Let's thank our candidates, Peg Pearl and Paul Lopez, for their participation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Also, thanks to the Denver Decides partners, which include Interneighborhood Cooperation, the League of Women Voters of Denver, and Historic Denver. Denver Decides is presented by Denver 8 TV. And we want to extend our thanks to the staff and management of the Denver Art Museum and Christy Bassiner, the Director of Communications and Public Affairs, for providing this location for the runoff forum. We hope we've given you a fair look at each candidate vying to represent clerk and recorder in Denver, and be sure to vote and return your ballot by 7 p.m. on June 4th. For complete election information online, you can go to denverdecides.com. I'm Wendy Brockman. Thanks for watching.